0: There's a uh, lot of, of research, and I was reading about it just this week a little bit more, that says that uh, experiences bring us together, ooh, good, uh, that experiences bring us together and, and make us relatively happier than receiving material things. So in other words, doing something together like taking a family vacation, even if you know there's challenges with that, Uh, doing that together as opposed to maybe getting a new TV or something like that, that the vacation experience can have a longer-lasting, greater impact on your life and happiness. And so as we turn to Psalm 34 today, we continue our series looking at some psalms over the summer, Uh, This is a psalm that's very much about experience and how David walked through some challenging trials in his life before he was king and around the time that we read in the Scripture passage earlier where he was on the run and afraid for his life. And in fact, he was at the time utterly alone. We don't know when after that experience he wrote this psalm. It could have been shortly after that. It could have been while he was hiding in that cave as we read about. It could be after he became king and was reflecting on it, but regardless of when he wrote these words, what he draws on is that experience. And he reflects on what happened as hard as it was, as challenging as it was, he draws some conclusions about life. And more than that, he expresses this contagious enthusiasm that connects those past experiences or even flows from those past experiences to give him a hope for a better future. And so as we come to God's Word today, I want you to recognize that it's not only David's experience, but it could be your experience. It can be our experience as we reflect on what God is doing. As we enter into the things that David is sharing here, God is inviting you and me to a hope and to a better future even in the midst of challenges and trials today. So if you would, please read with me Psalm 34. And we're going to look at this over two weeks, Lord willing. We're just going to focus on the first half of the psalm today. So Psalm 34, we'll read through uh, verse 10. This is God's word. A psalm of David, when he feigned madness... Before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord, the humble will hear it and rejoice. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Oh, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for to those who fear Him there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. This is God's Word. Lord, would You bless not just the hearing of Your Word, but the appropriation of it to our hearts. Saturate us, O Lord, like the humidity in the air. Let it penetrate deeper into us and transform us that we might love you more, know you better, that we might experience you and have a hope for the future no matter what we face in the present. We pray in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. So doing something uh, together like going on a family vacation despite you know the challenges and everything that has a more and longer lasting positive impact than just getting something like a new tv in part if you think about that and your own experiences of life you know it's in part because when you get something you know a physical thing maybe a new tv the 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 kind of joy of it fades right it's just you begin to take it for granted even a shiny new car if you can get one today or even a new home or an apartment if you can find one you know, those kind of things. It's like so wonderful. And then you just begin to, oh, it's just a part of your life. But on the other hand, when you have an experience together and, and share that, the, the depth and the deepening maybe of your relationships, that can't be taken away. That just brings you closer together. Other things may happen to, to harm that relationship, but the, you can't undo the depth that you build in a relationship as you experience something together, good or bad, you know, no matter what it is. The problem, though, is if, if, if we begin to then, okay, so experiences are better than things. And we then begin to pursue experiences, but we then turn them into something materialistic. And we lose the purpose. You know, we lose the reason that we're doing it we pursue those experiences for the wrong reasons. You know, maybe we go on that family vacation, but instead of enjoying the time and and focusing on it, we're, we're living the whole vacation through our camera phones, right? And we only see the world in that little rectangle. And then we think about how we can post that on the internet or what we should post on social media. Or what we need to put in a scrapbook, or what we want to save and remember in the future, instead of being in that experience, we lose sight of it, of the purpose. And as we look at Psalm 34, it's about experience, and it's about the Lord, who is involved in every experience you have. And so as you bring the Lord, and your experiences together, as David does here, what you'll find is you get some some lasting change and you get some real hope for the future. You get not only a powerful reason to do what we're doing here as we gather together on Sunday mornings, right? Why do you come on Sunday mornings? It could be that's what you've always done, right? Maybe you've lost sight of the purpose that, that you're gathering together because, you know, it's just what we do or you feel this obligation, I have to do that. Or maybe you come and you want to show off your, 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 your nice clothes. Or, or maybe you, know, you want to see your friends and there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. But it is digging deep into this psalm where we realize, you know what? There is a purpose for us gathering together. And there is a way for us to have that right motive and not lose sight of our perspective And it is to remember and to take to heart that the Lord is at work. You know, not just here on Sunday mornings, but in your life, in all of your experiences that He is there in the midst of it. And that's David's insight that I want to unpack today as we look at this. So the Lord is at work for your good. And He invites you into that experience that's better than any other. Anything else this world has to offer so let's let's look more closely at that let's let's dig into this psalm with that in mind that the Lord is at work. He is in all of your experiences. And when you realize that you, you see David realizes that, and he has this this contagious enthusiasm, and I don't feel like I do it justice reading the psalm the way I hear it in my head as as he he just has this commitment to praise to to thank god to to exalt God. he says. Uh, out of this, this commitment, he says to praise the Lord. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord and the humble will hear it and rejoice. You know, there's just this, I, I, I want to lift up God. I want to make much of Him all the time. I want to praise Him and bless Him. And that, that word bless there, he says, I'll bless the Lord in verse 1 at all times. So he originally had the sense of, uh, of bending the knee or, or bowing before someone who is uh, greater than you in status or position. And so David, the sense here is that what? He's making himself lower to acknowledge that God is higher. He says, when, I, when he says, I will praise you, he's saying basically, I will lower myself that I might give you the proper place that it might be obvious that you are higher and greater David is resolved in the present to make much of the Lord in the future. Always. At all times. And especially he says that with his words. He's going to praise and bless. So it's not just physically, but he says what? I'll praise Him continually in my mouth. And my soul will make its boast in the Lord. It's going to flow from within me. And the humble will hear it and rejoice. You know, as this as David just has this overflow of his heart that pours out of his mouth, that's that's there in his heart, he can't help but extend this invitation to to not just some, but to all. This commitment to praise, and it leads to this invitation that others might join in. Look at verse 3. We started off our worship service today with this verse. You know, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You know, make great. You know, make Him big. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. You know, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. This overflow, this enthusiasm for the Lord always leads to wanting to bring other people in it. I mean, we do this with anything, right? You see a movie and you want to talk to someone else about it, you know, and maybe you accidentally share a spoiler or something, so you're guarded about that, but there's just, you want to share. You know, we went through and we saw a bunch of movies that were in a series a few years ago, and we would go in pairs in the family because we had kids who were too little to go with us, and it would kill us to not talk about it with the half of the family that hadn't yet seen the movie yet. You know, you just want to share things. How much more so, David, is just out of the overflow of his heart, saying, this is just amazing. I want you to be a part of this. And then he says those great words in verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, that's that's what he's saying, basically. I have this experience of the Lord. I am just overflowing with this desire to make much of Him, for His praise to be on my lips, for everyone to hear it, and rejoice. And I want you to just get a taste of it. Just, I can't help but invite you into it. And the sense of that word taste is, is just that. Like, it, it means, you know, to taste, to sample something with the intent of if it's good, if it's pleasing, if you like it, you're going to dig in and take more. You know, you, you, you go to Crossroads in the summer and you got to taste some of the things that come from our various ethnic groups, Right. And, and maybe you really like it, but maybe it's too hot. Or maybe you really like it, and it's like, oh, I've never tried that before. But you're taking a little taste. And I'd encourage you to do that, right? Go, go, come tonight to Crossroads in the summer and get a plate, and they're way too small usually, you know, because there's much food. You've got to manage your plate. So those things you're not sure about, just take a taste. You know, put a little bit on your plate and take a taste. You've got food allergies, obviously that's different, right? But just take a taste. And as you're doing that, and wherever it is, if you take a taste, I want you to think about this that, that invitation to taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Just, just take a sample and try him out. David has this enthusiasm that he just can't keep to himself, it, it's contagious. And he wants others to join in. And so the question is, well, you know, where does that enthusiasm come from? And maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's fine for David, right? And that's fine for like, you know, Aunt Jean, right? She really loves the Lord and she's always just personality overflowing and just so happy, right? You know, that's great. But nah, You know, I don't feel like I'd ever feel that way. Or maybe you're not there, maybe you're somewhere else, but like, how how enthusiastic are you for worship? Even when it's not like 90 degrees and 800% humidity. Okay? How enthusiastic are you for worship? Even when it is kind of hot and humid. How enthusiastic are you for worship when you have to tune in online because you have health concerns? How enthusiastic are you for worship? And if it's not where you want it to be, listen to how you can gain more enthusiasm. How you can have this commitment to praise that just overflows in inviting others to join in with you. And it's, it's, it's with this. That you connect the Lord to your past experiences. If you want to have more enthusiasm today for worshiping the Lord and into the future, you have to look back and connect the Lord to your experiences, to what's really going on in your life. In other words, it's about how you interpret reality. This is profound, right? We all come at the world with our own set of lenses. We come at the world with our own uh, magnifying glasses or telescopes. You know, we're, we're looking at the world from a certain point of view and what David does that brings enthusiasm and that, that transforms his life is to interpret reality from a perspective that God is actually really and truly not only at work in the world somewhere sometime in the past or in the future but he's actually at work in the world for your good. He says this in verses 4 through 7. Look at these past tense verbs Verses four through seven, he says, "I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and delivered me from all of my fears." And the word for fear there is, is actually it's, it's, it's more profound than the word for fear of the Lord in verse eight, which is to respect and revere, you know that kind of thing. This fear that David found deliverance from was along the lines of terror or dread. Jeremiah uses the word a lot uh, as he's writing about the downfall of Jerusalem and the Babylonian captivity about to happen and in process that that God's people were surrounded with terror on every side. There was swords and famine and pestilence. that's, That's fear, that dread. That's what David found deliverance from. That fear That terror, that sense of dread and something bad about to happen within and around him. And he continues, verse 6 This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Now, that could be, and probably is David saying, you know, this man, me. This poor man or afflicted man cried to the Lord and the Lord heard him and saved him. Or it could be, you know, thinking generically, oh, this man over here heard. And the Lord delivered him from troubles, pressure. You know, that's that's the, the word is about being in a tight space, being cramped, having a limited freedom, just feeling the pressure and distress. Uh, limitations, I think we can all relate to that. Have you felt pressure and stress and limitations? Anyone, you know? Have we not just lived through year, you know, years of restrictions and limitations? That pressure, that distress, not to mention the terror and the dread you know, around us, as we have this unseen enemy of COVID raging around. And David says, you know, the Lord delivered me from those types of things. The Lord delivered me from my fears. You know, no no indication there necessarily that that his circumstances changed. And, And in fact, the reality is, and Lord willing, we'll talk some more about this next week, The reality is that if you have to cry out to the Lord feeling the stress and pressure, or if you are in the midst of troubles and fears, that's that's where you are. And you are experiencing them. The, the, The Lord's promise is not that He will free you from those for all time or that you will never experience those things, but that very often He will use those things in the midst of your life to strengthen you. But a huge, huge, huge part of that. And the benefit that you are, are going to get from that experience is where you put the Lord in it. Or to put it better, where you understand the Lord to be in it. Because if, if God in your world is not a part of all of your experiences, then you're either going to look to yourself or you're going to look to other people to solve those problems. You're going to wind up taking your own wisdom, listening to what the world says. You might blame God. But listen, if you see God as a part of all of your experiences, you're going to be able to look to Him and ask Him to help. And you're going to have your eyes open for the help that He will provide. Which if you're, if you're not if you're not thinking about the Lord and his activity in the world, you're, you're not going to be looking for help. You're going to miss what he provides. You know, I once talked with, with a, someone in another church in another place and uh, their spouse had died and it was hard, and they were going through it, and they had a house that was just a challenge and costing money. And I said, Well, why don't you go live with, you know, your son not far away? Well, I just can't get along with my daughter-in-law. Well, why don't you go live with your other son a little further away? Well, they won't let me keep my dog. And I gotta have my dog. And then there's like a couple other children I walk through, and it's like, you know. There is no help. If you you don't understand the principle that God lays down, that that children, part of honoring their parents is to provide for them later in life, right, in those circumstances, and if you're not willing to avail yourself of that, you're going to miss how the Lord provides. You know, and it is from that place of humility and commitment... And belief foundationally that the Lord is actually at work in these experiences, that your eyes will be open. Not only that to to like meeting those needs, but also to experiencing the, the character formation that God is working. The Lord does not take lightly the suffering of his people, the Lord does not waste your pain and your tears. He uses them for good. To build up your character and to show the world around you how faithful He is to His people. That you might praise Him in the midst of hardship. And people might wonder how you can do that. That you might uh, do the, the, the marge dance, right? As she's been through all these cancer treatments and she's been through all the struggles and trials that she's been through to then just sidle up to the table like I mentioned a couple weeks ago. As we talk about a future of, of God's finishing work where He raises the dead and heals all that has broken us as she looks forward to that time and what she, she can't help but do the happy dance. Right? She did it better than me even though like I theoretically have more mobility. That's a joke. Do you get that? So that that's that sense, brothers and sisters, of, of God's grace in the midst of that. And, and the language that David uses here, in verse 6, the, the poor man is saved out of his his troubles. Uh, but it's not just the psalmist, you know, it's it's they, verse 5. He says, They looked to him, the Lord, and were radiant. Their faces will never be ashamed. The word for radiant is like shining, beaming. You know, it's a figure of speech that that reflects joy. You know, that coming through those trials, sometimes what you need to make it through is the realization that it will not last forever. And that at the end, the Lord will bring about even better for you. And that might be. And very often is, for all of us, eventually is, death itself. Which even that, as horrible as it is, is not the end. Because if you are committed to this understanding that the Lord is at work in your experiences, that includes all the way up to death. And through death. And if you need that verification that the Lord is at work in your experiences, how else do you need to see that than the fact that God himself took on human flesh, uniting Himself mysteriously with humanity that He might live among us perfectly, suffer death on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and rise victorious. That He would experience death for you. For me. That we might have hope even beyond the grave itself. That there is a better future that there is a hope for us there's even an invitation to get even closer to him to taste and see that the lord is good so i'll ask you again are you enthusiastic about worship you know are 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 you looking forward to gathering with god's people you know and as i reflect on on Crossroads, and thinking about that this week. You know, one of the great things is, is worship. Uh, I am so thankful that even, you know, we opened super early up here in the pandemic phase, right? And we had people just, just couldn't not come, right? And we tried to do our best to be safe and everything, but we persevered through that. And we came worshiping. And in, you see the foretaste of heaven of people willing to work through the cross-cultural challenges of not just you know, accents that are different, not just languages that are different, but, but actually different worship experience backgrounds. Right? We have different views of what church should look like. And so we, we pre- reserve, pres- preserve, persevere, that's the word, we persevere through that. And through that, not only that, but like the enthusiasm of our worship, of, of, of lifting our hands, of, of, of saying amen, of, of being engaged and singing the songs of the Lord. It's a beautiful thing to persevere and to gather together, to be enthusiastic, you know, to get behind our, our efforts to to stream online, to up our tech, and all of those kind of things, you know, and to persevere through all of the different challenges we have. And now I want to just push a little bit there, just just consider taking it a little further, because sometimes in our enthusiasm and our delight in worship, we can lose the purpose. We can, we can lose the perspective. Which means what? We'll lose the lasting benefit. right? Because if you don't come to worship focused on the audience of worship, who is that? Who's the audience? You're sitting there in the stands in the chairs. Are you the audience? No. The audience is God Himself who loves to see you gather And sing his praises together that you have tasted and seen that he is good and you want to share with each other. You know, you can lose sight of that. We all do. Man, that's a danger. Just a little pro tip for you, Scott. Entering the seminary, you know, you can lose sight of that as you start to get through the daily grind. You can lose sight of it as you participate in a worship team. You can lose sight of it as you serve someone every week out in the lobby. You know, you can lose sight of it as you just show up every week. So what God is calling us to is just to revisit that. All right, to revisit, why am I coming to worship? And it needs to be, and you'll get the greatest benefit if you realize I'm coming to worship because I believe that God, the living and true God is actually at work in this world for my good. And, and I have seen it, and I will testify to it, and I want to gather with other people and just shout it out loud so that all will know that I want to be with God, and so what, what you need to do maybe, if that zeal has fallen a little bit, if your enthusiasm is not where it should be, maybe this week. Take, take some time. Maybe it's every day. Maybe you just set aside a little bit of time and, and reflect for a little while and think about what, you know, just in the last couple of years, I'm sure there's a ton of things you could think of if you spent some time. Just take what are three things that you have seen the Lord deliver you from? That you have seen now looking back and reflecting where the Lord was at work, right? Maybe it was sparing you from COVID, maybe it was getting you through it, maybe it was walking with you through the grief and the losses and bringing you to a better place today, just think some, spend some time thinking about it. Get, get at least three of those things this week that you can, you can praise the Lord for. That you can thank Him for. Meditate on them this week. And ask the Lord to continue to just stoke that fire within you of His goodness. And as you meditate on those things and you ask Him to do that, ask Him... If you're bold this week, ask Him, even if you're not, ask Him to give you someone to share that with. It could be a Christian. It could be a friend. But if the Lord is at work in you and He's working this enthusiasm for worship, if, he's, if you're seeing stuff in your life that you, you acknowledge He's been at work in, you're going to feel this need to share it. So bring that to the Lord and say, Lord, who... Who needs to hear this? Who, who can I share this with? And don't overthink it. And don't turn it into some duty. Don't lose the purpose of it, which is to bring glory to God. Not to make sure you do X, Y, or Z, but to give God the glory. To praise Him. And to say maybe as you share that with someone, oh, but would you taste and see that the Lord is good? I've tasted I've seen it. And I'm reflecting on this and I don't live it perfectly, but oh, He is good. And come next Sunday having tasted and seen within that sharing that the Lord is good. And Lord willing, we'll dig in a little more next week on the second half of the psalm and talk about, well, you know, this is not just this vertical thing, but there's actually this horizontal component. It is not just you know how we're engaging and experiencing the Lord, but it's actually how we are experiencing the world that will impact and flow into a life of worship. Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord's blessing on our lives this week. Lord, would you meet us? Give me fresh and new ideas and and, and reminders and reflections of how you have been good to my family, to my wife and children. How you've been good to this church family. How You have been good to our community. How You have been good to my parents, my friends. Lord, and let that truly sink deep down into an acknowledgement that You're actually at work for our good. And oh Lord, we will come next week with enthusiasm, with joy, with contagious joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.